You're about to listen to a segment of Sam Chan's Succession Transition event, which was hosted in late 2020. Sam organized this event to give leaders from around the world the chance to share their stories of effectively planning and transitioning their pastoral roles to a successor. Every pastor is a temporary. Are you prepared for your succession transition? Let's begin. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Chan and Bishop Omer. You guys are heroes and 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 um, appreciate you guys so much. And uh, that is very significant um, that Pastor Philip uh, made that choice, um, being someone who grew up in the South and um, definitely grew up under a, a, a father who was a minister, but probably wouldn't have given his church to a, a Black man with his history. It was very significant and uh, did add a little bit of... Um, uh, different nuances to the transition. Um, Philip and I couldn't be more different, but um, he's definitely my spiritual father, and and um, I, I'm I'm his son. And we we had a um, we had a great transition, and I can say that honestly because um, we did get consulting, we did get uh, Dr. Chan to come help us. But there are a couple of things that I felt that I wanted to share specifically that helped me get through the process. And one of those things was I held on to a couple of spiritual concepts from scripture. And one of those things was in Acts chapter two, where it says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit uh, on God's people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And so what I took that verse to me in transition was my pastor had the right dream he no longer had the energy for the vision. And so he, as he moved on, I didn't try to come up with a new dream for the church. I tried to come up with a way of accomplishing what my pastor always wanted. So we would have these conversations and we would say, what is your dream for the church? And my goal was to tell him how we could do that as the successor. And I believe as we have those conversations, um, we don't have any new dreams for the church. We have fresh vision for accomplishing those dreams. And I think that that intergenerational partnership is very important to transition, where the young leader is not thinking about what he's always wanted to do. He's thinking about what his pastor always wanted to do. He's a steward of that dream and God is downloading the vision to the young. Even in we pastor, most young people have the wrong dream. And so they're using all this vision to, to achieve the wrong thing. And so I just kind of said, the odds are I probably don't have the right dream. This man's been doing this 35 years. And we found profound uh, uh, transition success through that mentality. Even Joseph was the interpreter of Pharaoh's dream. And that's what got him to influence. And so uh, as a founding pastor, I think so many times when someone's anointed to lead, anointed to preach, we can forget, can they interpret my dream? When I feel confused, when I lack clarity, I know I have the right dream. Can this person interpret my dream? The second thing that I thought was important for me is, uh, you know, to understand that if I'm Joshua, um, that we don't succeed if Moses' arms aren't lifted up. And we would go to all these pastors' conferences, and, and, and so many times I'd hear the prayer, you know, I pray that you'd have someone to hold your arms up, but the prayer would never be prayed. I pray that you find a rock to sit on because it was both of those things together that gave Joshua the victory. Moses' arms were up, but he was also sitting down. And so if we can create a future where Philip feels comfortable and then sitting down, 
but his arms are still raised, we're going to get a lot of victories. And then the third thing is, is that was probably the hardest part uh, that I got a really a lot of help from Dr. Chan about was um, when Saul in the Bible found out he was transitioning, it brought a lot of anxiety. He was throwing spears. He kind of caught wind that he was going to be the next king. And, you know, I prayed not for anointing for to preach, but an anointing for peace. Could I go into a meeting and play the proverbial harp where my pastor's fears and concerns and, and, and anxiety would calm because I'm in the room? And that was very, very, very important. I knew the anointing to preach would come later, but I wanted anointing for peace, that I would bring clarity where there was confusion, peace where there was anxiety, and, and faith where there was fear. And wanted a safe place for Philip to be able to, to express all of those concerns uh, to me. Uh, I, I think practically, one of the things that um, we were not necessarily prepared for was the financial part of it. Um, we hadn't saved for transition in 35 years. And, and God gave me a very clear word that whatever you give um, your pastors, um, I will give you double. Um, and so make sure that the number one priority, uh, no matter what the budget is, no matter what's happening, uh, uh, compensate them for and honor them for um, their legacy. Um, we could not afford to do that in the budget. Um, there was no way we could make those numbers happen. Um, uh, so my wife and I took the church. Uh, my wife uh, took a, a uh, $60,000 salary uh, to co-lead the church with me. Um, and we took the hit. Uh, in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, our giving went up a million dollars. A million dollars from the year before. And it was directly related to how we cared for our founding pastors. No, None of our board understands how in the world this could possibly happen. And, and we are all, so if you, the best way is to prepare. You know, we're actually preparing for 20 years out now. But if you don't prepare, take care of the founding pastor. Uh, God will bless you. He's done it in our church. If you didn't have the time to prepare and that was missed, do not argue about money. As an incoming pastor, take whatever pay cuts you have to have to make it work. Do not argue about money. God will will, will take care of it. The, th the second thing practically I would say is make sure that you have a, uh, Pastor Philip had a private transition before he had a public one. So by the time the public knew I was over the church, I had been over the hiring. I had been over the staff meetings. Um, he wasn't just releasing things that make him, left him tired. He was releasing things that left him inspired. So that's the difference. Sometimes, you know, you, you give your, the person the thing that exhausts you, like the midnight prayer meeting, you let them run that <laughs> while you do the stuff that you love to do. No, he was giving me the things that he loved to do and coaching me and inspiring me along the way. So he was, uh, there was a lot of private transition before there was a, a public one. Um, he would ask me questions like, well, what would you change? Uh, what's the first th three things you would do? How, like, is there anything that you've been afraid to tell me uh, uh, since you've been working with me out of honor? He would ask me questions like that. Is there anything that you are withholding from me out of honor that you really want to say? Um, the other thing, too, that he did is that he, um, he would um, make sure that none of his preferences became doctrine meaning that uh, the offering doesn't have to go in that spot uh, if, if we don't want it in that spot. He would ask all these questions about his preferences and, and, and really leave me room to be able to make decisions that he wasn't involved in. 
he was comfortable finding out uh, after those decisions were made. Um, and the other thing he did is that we we definitely uh, he preached once a month, uh, eighteen months before he transitioned, and I would preach the other two or three. So then people weren't I wasn't having to spend my first year winning people over, right? So by the time we made the public announcement, everybody went, "Oh, that's why." he's been doing this. That makes perfect sense. It wasn't like this major shock to our board and, and our team. And the other thing too, honestly, we went to therapy. Uh, we, 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 got, uh, we got help in every area, mentally, emotionally, uh, practically. And, and, I, and I think that was uh, important. Um, I, I, I think for Pastor Philip and Holly, I think one of the things that was really surprising for, for me is uh, they they didn't want to be involved in the decision-making after the transition. And that was kind of a shock. Uh, I thought that a year or two, they'd still want to be, but they haven't really wanted to be involved in the decision-making. And so I think uh, give space for things to change. You can come up with a plan. That wasn't the original plan. Uh, but when Philip let go of it, he was exhausted. And I remember I asked him to preach four or five times and he said, no, like after the transition, he said, I, I got to take a break. So just leave room for the plan to change. There's some things that you could discuss that um, he might not want to do or some things you didn't discuss that he does want to do. And so I, I think that has been my experience. But but overall, I think um, as you're always transitioning um, and I think that you to have the mentality that you're transitioning up and not out is very important. And so before you actually make that major transition, already be transitioning up now, transitioning up into giving wisdom into leaders. And uh, Philip and Holly have done that extremely well uh, with me and, and my wife. And, and um, I, I don't, uh, I can't speak well enough of, of what they did. Um, but again, uh, the biggest hiccups could be financial um, so prepare for it. Start preparing for it now. And if you haven't done that, um, then 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 give it. God will God will bring the resources. That's what our experience has been miraculously. So uh, that's my thoughts. And, and thank you for uh, having me share. <laughs>